Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about rebalancing. I know many of you already have to balance a lot of things in life, family and work and all your to-dos, so you may not be so excited to learn about yet another balancing act, your investment portfolio. But periodically rebalancing your portfolio has its benefits. So today we'll talk about what is rebalancing, why rebalance, the when and the how, possible benefits, and possible costs. So let's dive right in. First up, what is rebalancing? Uh, Well, maybe I should take one more step back and ask what is balance before we rebalance. An investment portfolio is a group of assets that you own. You could pick things to buy willy-nilly, but ideally you'll have a plan based on what you want the money for, when you need it, and how much risk you're willing to take in order to grow your investment. This investment plan typically includes an asset allocation, which is the balance of different types of investments that you plan to use to achieve your goals. For long-term goals, You may want some U.S. and international stocks, for example, which are more risky, but on average grow higher in value over time. For more near-term goals, you may want to include some bonds, which are lower risk, but typically also have lower reward. And there are still more assets you consider. It's a balancing act. Depending on your specific goals and needs, you maybe with the help of a financial planner would choose a portfolio allocation that balances your tolerance for risk with the reward you hope to achieve. Investing according to your plan and you can think of your investment portfolio as in balance. Okay, now you have invested according to your investment allocation plan and your in balance. Phew. Now you can sit back and let it ride. Or not. (laughs) There are two main things that can throw your investment allocation out of balance. First, your needs and goals may change, and you realize that your original allocation plan just doesn't fit your new situation. For example, as you approach retirement, your long-term retirement needs become more near-term retirement needs. Or you may have a new goal, like saving for education. It's time to reevaluate your investment plan. You may discover you need a different portfolio allocation than what you have now. You're out of balance. One of the most common ways a good asset allocation gets out of balance 
is when one asset grows faster than another. One key concept here is that investment allocation is done by percentages. Let's say you're in your 40s and saving for retirement. Based on your specific needs and tolerance for risk, you set your asset allocation at 50% of your investment dollars in U.S. stocks, 25% in international stocks, and 25% in U.S. bonds. Let's say you have $10,000 to invest according to your plan. So you would put $5,000 in U.S. stocks, which is 50%, $2,500 in international stocks, and $2,500 in U.S. bonds. Now let's say after five years, you look at your portfolio and see the U.S. stocks have done really well and grew on an average of 10% a year. Your international stocks did about 7% a year and your bonds just 2%. Now you have almost $7,500 in U.S. stocks, $3,375 in international stock, and $2,750 in bonds. That's great. Your investment portfolio overall is now worth $13,625. Sweet. But you notice that your portfolio allocation has drifted from that 50-25-25% mix in your plan and you now have 55% invested in U.S. stocks, 25% in international stocks, and just 20% in bonds. It's out of balance because some, your U.S. stocks, grew faster than others, like the bonds. How do you get back in balance? You rebalance by selling enough of your U.S. stocks and using that to buy more bonds to bring your asset allocation back to your specific goal of 50, 25, and 25%. Now you may be thinking, wait a minute, you're telling me to sell off winning U.S. stocks and invest in those mediocre bonds? Won't that mean I'll make less money on my investments, not more? It doesn't take a finance degree to know we should be picking winners, not losers, and making more money is more better. You're right, that's all true. But why did you pick that initial investment allocation in the first place? It was to balance your risk you're taking with the reward you hope to receive. You only have to look back at 2020 to see that stocks are risky. That is, they can have huge up and down swings in value. This is what we mean by risk it is much more likely that stocks will have large swings up and down, and so they are more risky than, say, steady eddy bonds, whose prices typically vary in a much narrower band. So if you let your out-of-balance portfolio ride, you should be able to earn more reward. But as your percentage of, say, stocks grows in your portfolio bigger and bigger, you're taking on greater and greater risk. Typically, as time goes by, you get closer to needing the money you've invested. If anything, less risk may be more appropriate, not more. So if your portfolio gets out of balance, first ask yourself, does my allocation plan still fit my goals? If yes, rebalance. No, 
First make a new allocation plan, then buy and sell to reach those new percentages. Remember, your asset allocation is your plan to get your best risk-adjusted return. That is trying to get the return you need to achieve your goals while taking the least amount of risk. Rebalancing helps you keep that on track. So keeping your risk level appropriate for you is probably the biggest benefit. Periodic rebalancing can also help you to earn a higher overall return. The idea is that while your riskier assets should be giving you higher returns over the long haul, they tend to go up and down more than less risky assets. For example, when the market tanked at the start of COVID, the value of U.S. stocks plummeted by almost 30%. That's huge. U.S. bonds also dropped in value, but not nearly as much. So in our example portfolio, the overall value of the portfolio is less after this shock. But because the value of stocks dropped so much more than bonds, the percentage of bonds would be above the target allocation, while the percentage of stocks, because prices are so low, would now be below the target. So in this case, to rebalance, you would sell some of the bonds and invest in the now much cheaper stocks. Yes, you're selling relative winners to buy losers. And in this way, you're following the mantra of successful investing, buy low and sell high. So we've talked about the benefits of rebalancing and determining which assets to buy and which to sell. How do you do this in practice? One of the easiest ways is to invest in a target date fund, or if you're in the thrift savings plan, TSP life cycle funds. These are typically set up in retirement accounts. All you do is choose a fund that matches the year you plan to retire. Everyone's investment in the fund will be allocated as part of a set plan, depending on how much time you have left to retirement. As prices for different investments change, the fund will do the rebalancing for you to keep your asset allocation on track. The target date fund will also gradually shift from a relatively risky allocation to a less risky allocation over time. It just doesn't get much simpler than that. But if this one-size-fits-all approach doesn't fit your needs, you can rebalance yourself. TSP makes this pretty easy. When you log in, you can see the values of your different funds in dollars and percentages. If you want to rebalance, all you have to do is enter your desired asset allocation percentages and TSP will do the rest. Uh, Do be aware though that you can only rebalance up to two times a calendar month in TSP. Outside of TSP, You may need to do some math to figure out how much in dollars you need to buy and sell to get back to your target percent. Depending on where else you may invest, some companies offer rebalancing tools to help their customers do it themselves. Some offer mutual funds that maintain a set asset allocation and rebalance automatically for you. Ask where you're already invested to see what they have to offer. Financial advisors can also be a big help with this. 
All right, we focused on the positives of rebalancing, but there are a few tax consequences you should be cautious about. First, if you rebalance inside a retirement account, like IRAs, TSP, and 401ks, you're set. You don't pay any taxes on these trades until you pull the money out, usually in retirement. But if you're rebalancing a taxable investment account, you'll owe capital gains tax on investments when you sell shares for more than you paid for them, and even though you're using the money to buy something else. It's a good time to go back and listen to episode 44 of my podcast on capital gains tax. You pay lower capital gains tax when you hold an investment for at least a year before you sell it. Less than that, and you'll pay regular higher income tax rate on the sale. And watch out for the wash sale tax rule. It's a bit complicated, but in general, if you buy and sell the same or nearly identical asset within 30 days, it is also not favorably taxed. Rebalancing less often will help you avoid this altogether. Another downside of frequent rebalancing is that depending on where you invest, you may have to pay fees, like trading fees, when you buy and sell investments. Do it too often and these costs can start to mount up. So you may be asking, how often do I rebalance? One way is to set a time, like quarterly or yearly. There's no magic number, but research has shown that rebalancing more than once a quarter generally does not improve your results. Picking a yearly rebalancing schedule is probably the simplest way to rebalance. A second method is using tolerance bands. Using this method, you would do nothing when your investment allocation varies within a set range or band, kind of like guardrails. If one asset gets out of bounds, it's time to rebalance. So going back to our earlier example, where someone set their asset allocation at 50%, 25%, and 25%. Let's say they decide they will rebalance when their investment allocation changes by more than 5%. So if their actual investment allocation drifts to say 55%, 25%, and 20%, that would trigger a rebalance. That could take three months or three years. This helps minimize unnecessary trading, but does require you to monitor your investments regularly, rather than, say, checking in just once a year. All right. Well, to wrap things up, rebalancing your investment allocations can help you maximize your investment returns while maintaining an appropriate level of risk for you. Rebalancing is a simple way to take advantage of the benefits of buying low and selling high. You set your investment allocation mix depending on your goals, your risk tolerance, and how much time you have until you need your investment. You can automate rebalancing by investing in a target date or life cycle fund or mutual funds that maintain a set asset allocation. Do it yourselfers can rebalance on a set timeline, like yearly, or when your allocation drifts too far out of whack, called tolerance bands. But remember, frequent rebalancing 
could mean higher fees and unfavorable tax consequences. As always, I hope you found today's podcast useful and join us again next week. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.